This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. The vote was overwhelming. Greek citizens said no in a resounding manner to the current bailout being offered by the Eurozone. More than 61% of those people who voted said the creditors' demands were not acceptable in their minds. And in order to get a deal done, Greek's finance minister, Yanis Varoufakis, has resigned. He was seen as a bit of an issue in trying to get a deal done. So what is the next step? We're going to be speaking with Wharton Management Professor Mara Gian, as well as Sebastian Malabé, who is a Senior Fellow for International Economics at the Council on Foreign Relations. Mara, great to talk to you again. Thanks for having me. Great. Sebastian, nice to have you on the show. Thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, good to be here. Thank you. Well, Mara, you had a chance to listen to, to my friend Alpita, and I guess in some respects... Uh, you know, we've seen all of the articles out there, but not a lot has really touched on this this level of corruption uh, within the Greek government. Well, there's been, I think, uh, very well documented reports over the last uh, five years about uh, the excesses, uh, and uh, by the way, also the inability of the Greek government to collect uh, taxes. I mean, the, the Greece is, uh, I think, uh, becoming very quickly an example of a failed state. You know, not, not to the same extent as Somalia or Iraq, but it is a failed state, uh, a government that doesn't uh, collect taxes, a government that cannot uh, make things happen for its citizens. And uh, unfortunately, this populist government that came into office in January has made matters worse. Um, so, yes, I, I, I entirely agree. This is a major problem, and this is why the Europeans don't trust the Greeks anymore. What's the f- uh, Sebastian, what's really the main thing that needs to be changed uh, right now to try and, and at least start to turn the corner for Greece? You know, I think it might be almost too late for that because trust has been eroded so completely. The Greek leadership since the election in January um, has, you know, twisted and turned, sort of said it wanted to negotiate and then accused its negotiating partners of blackmail. The Greek media has portrayed uh, the Germans as Nazis. I mean, there's so much ill will and so low credibility that even if, you know, Tsipras, the prime minister, said, you know, he wants to accept uh, XYZ terms and promise the following reforms tomorrow, I simply don't think anybody in the creditor group would believe him. The interesting thing is that I guess Mr. Cyprus was quoted as saying that he believes it will be easier now to get a deal done than it was last week. Do you believe that? Well, I think he's kidding himself yeah. and for, for the following reason. I mean, he seems to believe that the binding constraint on concessions from Germany and the creditors was some perception that, you know, he didn't have democratic legitimacy within Greece. And now that that's been reinforced by this referendum, which he won handily, that, you know, now people will talk to him. Well, that was completely wrong in the first place. The problem was not Greek politics and the perception of his democratic mandate. The problem was German politics and the fact that nobody in Germany wants to give money to a government that they perceive as wasting it. Yeah. And, and that's the problem why Angela Merkel won't go further uh, in cutting the Greeks you know, a better deal. Uh, Mauro, did, did, the, uh, did the vote really, did it surprise you, one, and two, does it, what does it really mean, the, the, the referendum vote yesterday? Well, this was mostly for, uh, as was just mentioned, for internal consumption. Yeah. So meaning the uh, the prime minister was, uh, you know, losing control over his own party, right? 
and wanted to get a uh, you know popular support uh, for his approach to the uh, to the negotiations. Now it also sends a very powerful signal to the rest of Europe uh, in the sense that um, this government uh, is not willing to uh, live up to its responsibilities and to negotiate in good faith, but rather what it wants to do is to uh, turn everything into a referendum uh, and to uh, frame every issue in terms of uh, Greeks' uh, national honor. And this is not about honor. This is about, uh, you know, debt. It's about uh, finding a solution to a very difficult situation. Now, having said all of that, uh, I'd hope that at some point you'll also, we'll also talk about Germany and uh, whether the Germans are actually doing everything that they should be doing. Um, because uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, it is, uh, I think, absolutely fair to criticize Greece, but there's also a, a few issues with the uh, position that the Germans have adopted uh, well, over the uh, crisis. Well, and that's and that's a good point because because uh, as I mentioned before, uh, some of this does fall on the countries in the eurozone in terms of their approach and really how they view this problem. Moral. Well, no, absolutely. I mean, and, and the issue is that they don't want to set a precedent. Uh, they don't want to. Uh, you know, uh, let the Greeks uh, take the money without uh, engaging in the structural reforms. But at the same time, uh, we have to remember that Greece has been going through a recession for the last uh, five and a half years, and that the economy has shrunk by 25%. Uh, unemployment remains very high. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. And the issue is that when you have uh, um, uh, so many countries in Europe that are tightly integrated in terms of trade, because their most important trading partners uh, are other members of the same uh, bloc, uh, you cannot have everyone engage in austerity policy simultaneously at the same time, because then essentially what you're doing is you're making it very hard for uh, demand in the economy to uh, be uh, vigorous enough uh, to pull all of these economies out of recession. So what I've been advocating for, and the, but the Germans don't want to do it, is uh, for the uh, surplus economies like Germany, Holland, and so on and so forth, uh, to uh, raise their wages uh, so that uh, workers have more money to spend and also to avoid uh, balancing their own budgets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because once again, if everybody engages in austerity at the same time, where, where is the demand going to come from, right? Sure. Uh, we need demand in the economy in order for it to grow. We're joined on the phone by uh, Mauro Guillen, a Wharton professor, and then also by Sebastian Malbe, who is a senior fellow for international economics at the Council on Foreign Relations. We're talking about the referendum vote that happened yesterday in Greece, uh, the Greeks voting no to the uh, measures that uh, were put forth by the creditors in terms of the uh, the path that they would like to see fallen uh, followed, excuse me, for the potential bailout of the country or continued bailout of the country. Uh, Sebastian, then what's the next step in this process uh, right now? Because uh, obviously uh, Europe, the European countries have said we can't go down this path again. Right. So there's sort of three or four things happening simultaneously. The first is that uh, the Greek government um, says it wants to carry on negotiating and so presumably will come up with some sort of statement about how they see the next step. So that's the political initiative from Greece. The second is from the uh, European creditor leaders uh, who are going to have to sort of figure out, you know, what their next step is, what they expect from Greece. Then kind of in parallel, you've got the European Central Bank, uh, which is almost the key actor right now because that's what's propping up the Greek banks to the extent that they are propped up at all, is uh, credit, a line of credit from the um, central bank system controlled ultimately in Frankfurt by the European Central Bank uh, to, to put cash into the Greek banks so people can go to ATMs and take out at least a little bit of cash uh, to be able to carry on living. And if the European Central Bank, uh, which is under quite a lot of pressure to sort of say that 
They can't extend any more money because, frankly, the Greek banks are bust, so they're not good for the additional loans. So if, if, the, if the European Central Bank were to pull the plug, um, you know, that would precipitate a complete meltdown. The Greek banks would be totally unable to open and provide cash to anyone, so then you'd have a barter economy in Greece, uh, and, uh, you know, you'd, you'd have quickly, I think, um, you know, even worse political instability than you've already got. Well, and the interesting part is also the fact you mentioned the ECB. Uh, between the ECB and the IMF, Greece owes uh, about 10 billion euro over the next three months. So uh, for the ECB, uh, you know, if they did take the, uh, the tone of, hey, listen, we just can't give you any more money, that wouldn't surprise me in any way, shape or form. If they really play off the fact that the, that so much money is owed over in you know the next couple of months, well, the immediate thing is that um, in order to provide uh, sort of liquidity uh, to a, a bank, the central bank normally needs to see first of all that the bank it's lending to is not insolvent. Well, I mean, Greek banks pretty much are insolvent because they can't collect um, the debts that they have domestically to domestic borrowers because the economy is in such a state that nobody can repay. So that's point one. Point two is that when you advance money to a bank, when you're the central bank, you advance money, normally you require collateral. Okay, so the collateral in this case is uh, Greek sovereign debt, which the Greek banks own. And they give that to the ECB to show that they are able, you know, good for the loan. Mm. Problem is that Greek sovereign debt paper is, you know, not worth much because <laughs> the government's going to default. What do you see as uh, as really the uh, the next step for Greece here? Because we keep hearing about uh, whether or not uh, Greece will actually leave the eurozone uh, and go out on their own. Is that growing and growing as a possibility? Do you think, Sebastian? I think it is growing as a possibility. I mean, all the logic of the situation points towards that because you've got you know the Europeans who are pretty dug in on their position, the Greeks who have lost credibility and can't really persuade anyone that they're serious about reform and deserve further financing. So, but it's a bit like a, uh, you know, a, a, a couple in a marriage where um, outsiders might observe that there's so little trust that probably separation is going to happen, but neither side in the relationship quite wants to recognize that, yet they don't want to be the one to push the button and actually move out of the joint house. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's where we are. Um, you know, and it's possible, of course, that because the reality of Greek exit is going to be horrible for Greece and geopolitically problematic for Europe, because you'll have a potentially a failed state within NATO, a failed state potentially staying within the European Union, even if it's not in the Eurozone. Um, and this is, a, this is a very bad prospect. So I'm sure that creative politicians would like to find a way out, but it's just, you know, when you analyze it logically as the third party, it's not easy to see what that way out could be at this point. Morrow, is an exit possible? An exit from the Eurozone? Yes, it is more likely than last week. It's more likely than three months ago. It's more likely than a year ago. I wouldn't say it's 100% likely, but um, it is far more likely. And uh, I was just mentioned, uh, the issue here is how far are the rest of the Europeans willing to go? Um, and uh, I guess uh, everyone continues to prefer Greece to stay because, you see, the problem when you found a monetary union is that if one member exits under these conditions, then it's no longer a monetary union. And it's something that, uh, you know, uh, is different, something that, uh, you know, countries can become members, but then also, you know, cease to be members. Uh, it becomes more 
like a, a fixed uh, exchange uh, rate um, uh, system. And that's not what the Europeans want. The Europeans want to convey to the rest of the world that this is for good, that, uh, you know, it's irreversible. And so that's why the Greeks have somewhat uh, of uh, bargaining power in this situation, because they know that everybody in Europe prefers, would prefer them to stay. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, my sense is that the most likely outcome is that they will find some kind of a compromise solution, uh, which will amount to essentially, um, you know, kicking the, uh, the can down the road uh, by some time, uh, hopefully, you know, hoping that the... Uh, uh, political situation in Greece might change. Um, but as was mentioned earlier, also the critical point here is also what, what is the European Bank, uh, Central Bank, going to do about uh, the banks in Greece? Um, they need to support them because otherwise the entire financial system in Greece, along with the economy, uh, would collapse no matter what uh, the IMF or the European Union does. I thought for for uh, a possibility, Mauro, that uh, the fact that the that the banks in Greece had to shut down last week, that that would really be a call uh, to the citizens of Greece that uh, th- this government I- is making some mistakes that need to be corrected immediately. It, it doesn't seem like that's the case. Am I, am I right on that? I'm sorry, but I didn't understand the question. Uh, well, with the banks closing, usually when you have uh, you know the the banks themselves shutting down and people only be able being able to the the citizens of this country being only able to get out a small amount of money at a time, I thought there would be much more of an uproar against the government, and, and it doesn't seem like that's happened. Well, uh, you are absolutely correct. Uh, there is enough of it, meaning, you know, there's at least 30 or 40 percent of the Greek population that is quite opposed to what the government, uh, you know, seems to uh, want to do in this crisis. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess uh, there are a lot of sentiments going on. There's a lot of feelings. There's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, non-economic uh, kinds of considerations that people are, uh, you know, using to justify their actions, like, for example, voting no in this referendum. Uh, I think people are approaching uh, desper- you know, the final stage of desperation in Greece, and this is very dangerous. So it's not just that the state itself is about to fail, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but also that the population, you know, just uh, has realized much, you know, a large segment of the population has realized that they have very little to lose. And this is not good. Um, this, is, this is a really bad situation because when people feel that they don't have anything to lose, uh, they can be very irrational. But again, you, uh, you, uh, I believe you said a moment ago that, that you believe that the European leaders don't want to see Greece leave the Eurozone. Absolutely not. No, this has been repeated many times by the different leaders, not just Germany and France, but also Spain, Portugal, uh, Italy. Uh, you know, the government in the other European capitals want Greece to stay because once again, it would be a major setback for the European project if one of the members of the Eurozone were to leave, because it would no longer be a monetary union. It would be something else. Can I just say, Dan, I mean, yep. I, I think that there's, it may be a bit more complicated than that, because, because in Germany, at least, there is a sense that um, you might want to make an example of Greece. Um, and if Greece crashes out of the Eurozone, endures really appalling economic hardship, possibly has a military coup, it goes through a really terrible time, this will send a message to the Italians and so forth that if they don't get their house in order, they will be allowed to fall off the precipice and it will be very, very painful. And I think there's, a, there's you know, Germans believe in rules and discipline. And um, I think when uh, the finance minister Schäuble there said a few days ago that it might strengthen the Eurozone to see Greece fall out of it, um, you know, that's what he's thinking. Now, there is a very good... 
counter-argument, which Mara has been making, which is that it's, you know, you don't want um, to have a failed state within the European Union. Uh, but So I think that, you know, the Germans are torn on this. And Merkel, uh, Angela Merkel, the, the German chancellor, who has dealt a lot with Putin uh, over uh, Ukraine, and fully recognizes the geopolitical stakes here, mm-hmm. you know, can't be happy with the idea of a desperate Greece that will probably turn to Russia and China uh, for support if it cannot get it from the West. Uh, and she, I'm sure, sees the political stakes and would like to keep Greece in. But there is a strand of thinking there um, amongst the creditors that says, you know, gee, Greece should never have joined. Keeping them in is just involving too much compromising of our principles, Every time we compromise our principles, we encourage populist parties in Spain, Italy, Ireland, and so forth to demand unrealistic things. Uh, maybe economically and financially, we would be better off and stronger and more cohesive if we let the Greeks go out. Um, Mara, I think you mentioned, uh, or at least hinted to this a little while ago, and it bears bringing up as well, uh, and and Alpita mentioned it, that she has spoken with uh, people uh, in Greece recently that believe that, that the, the possibility of violence continues to grow and grow because of where this is headed right now. Do you see that as well? And then also, when do you think then is really that that showdown point? When is that that point coming? It's obviously coming soon, but it doesn't seem like we've reached that point. Well, we're approaching that point. I don't know whether it will come in the end or not, but we are approaching a point at which, um, you know, just uh, the uh, the usual, um, you know, uh, situation in which people go to work and people, you know, try to, you know, do whatever they can to improve their lot, just... Uh, uh, you know, doesn't happen anymore because they've lost, uh, you know, faith in their government, faith in the policies, faith in, you know, whatever they see as the minimum, you know, motivations to uh, to carry on, right? I mean, that, that that's a distinct danger. Uh, I don't think we are near that, uh, you know, moment, but we're certainly much closer than, again, a month ago or three months ago, six months ago. We need to, you know, again, remind ourselves of the fact that the Greek economy has been, has been going through a terrible recession for five years. That's a very long time. And that it has uh, shrunk by about 25% in size. Uh, so this is a, a major, um, you know, uh, a very difficult situation, one in which I think uh, not just uh, Greeks, but I think Americans or Germans would, would react in a, very, in, in a similar way, right? Yep. Uh, five years or six years of a recession with no end in sight, that's a pretty serious situation. I think there's nothing, you know, um, uh, let me make this argument. I don't think there's anything culturally different about the Greeks when it comes to this. I think they are uh, approaching desperation because the situation is really tough, right? Very, very difficult for them. Now, having said that, uh, they are also they are also as well part of the problem, right? And yeah. It's not just uh, something that has happened to them and uh, they have had nothing to do with it. Uh, of course, you know they are part of the problem and they need to change their ways. But I think uh, people from many other countries will react in a similar fashion. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.